everyone, and welcome to another episode of Getting Hammered. I'm your host, Mary Catherine Ham. I'm here with my co-host, Vic Mattis of the Free Beacon, and we got a lot going on. Obviously, there's going to be some Israel updates, some press bias updates that are pretty interesting, uh, and we've got a debate recap. I was in Miami last night. We've got a election recap of disappointing night for Republicans pretty much across the nation, and before we get to that, Let's just chat it up. How you doing, Vic? Hello, Mary Catherine. Uh, I'm doing okay on the mend. I, I first of all, thank you for thanks to our listeners who are concerned about my back. Mm. And somebody said for me, I, I apologize, I don't have it in front of me. So one of our fine listeners, I can't remember which one, had said heating pad, cold packs, and quote unquote light gardening. Mm. Light gardening. <laughs> it took me a couple of seconds to figure out what he meant by that. Keep so, yes. it light, people. Much appreciated. <laughs> But it is. I, I'm on the mend, so that is okay, good. good. And and a little discombobulated. We're doing a, a getting hammered after dark because I know. of our trip. <laughs> today has been an adventure. Yesterday yeah. was an adventure. I, I had thoughts on my end, but I want to throw it enough. I, I Forget about me because I want to talk about you because where you are, where you've been, but mostly where you are now. Go. Okay. Well, f- I was in Miami. You were great. I enjoyed seeing you on NBC. Thank you very much. And I knew that I was going to be staying up late because, you know, you do the debate stuff until 11 or 12 and then you're kind of wired and then there's after parties. And I went to a nice little after party Ooh. with the Ruthless guys were there. Joni Ernst was there. Nikki Haley was there. Oh. It was a crew. It was a crew over there. So I stayed up way too late. And so I'm going to pose to you an, an ethics question for my for my trip today. OK. OK. So I stayed up way too late. To like two in the morning, got up at six to get to the airport. Oh my gosh. I already have, I feel nauseous because that's what I feel. If you got like three hours to sleep, you wake up nauseous. It's not great. It's not great. So I get on my flight uh-huh. and I don't know what kind of flight I was booking because it turns out I had this long layover in Dallas. I don't oh, know what oh, that not was. Not even about. a direct. So yeah, I think I thought the flight was direct. I think I just goofed on this one. So I get to Dallas and I have like a nice chunk of time. And I'm very tired. I have a question for you. Mm -hmm. DFW or love? DFW. Okay. Well, that's huge. And so I think to myself, oh, I can really go for a short snooze, right? But it's an airport. How are you going to do that? Let me tell you how you do that, Vic. I looked up on the internets. Yes. Is there a nursing mother's room in this airport? Because in a nursing mother's room in an airport, there's a lock. It's nice and quiet oh, and dark. On. There is a comfy chair that rocks. Hold on. You know, this ha- You know this begs the question. Were you with your newborn? No. No. This is like the secret that somebody told me about, you know, how to make things work at Penn Station, which I'm not even yes. sharing with. I can't share with our listeners. There's an amazing... There's an amazing hack, and I'm not sharing it about to make life easier at Penn Station, but it's like this. So go ahead. I cannot believe you're sharing this. Yeah. So look, it's a nursing and pumping room, so you don't have to have a baby to go in there, okay? You just need privacy. Yeah. You don't mm-hmm. You don't have to have a baby to get in, mm-hmm. get in there. Yeah. They're not freak, super frequently used because they're. it's just like it's a yeah. fairly small population that needs this room. And I thought, you know what? I think I could steal away in there for 30 minutes, get myself a little, a little okay. shut eye. When you and, walk, okay, hmm. listeners can't see I'm shaking my head, but continue, please. 
And you know what I thought, Vic? Mm -hmm. And granted, this is my rationalization here. I have been a nursing mother. Sure. I could be a nursing mother now. Yeah. Should someone need proof? Yeah. What's the proof? How should someone need inappropriate? Proof? I, I could. I could produce a picture on my oh. phone. <laughs> I could produce <laughs> dot dot dot. So I could produce a picture on my phone oh. of a nine-month-old baby, and uh -huh. nobody would have any questions. And after you would that. say, "Hey, that's for him or her, whoever." <laughs> okay. But like technically, I'm not currently. But I also feel like they didn't have nursing rooms when I started having babies. And I, I want to make some, up for it. Like, I have some you know, retroactive. Yeah. yeah. Where I was sitting in toilet stalls and okay. maybe like I can take my time now. So you found the place. At DFW. I did. And it was lovely. Oh, man. OK. Here's another question. I, I don't think I would feel bad if there was nobody there. Like oh, yeah, no, I have nobody seen, there. I have been on a train where a conductor is banging on a door. Because a handicapped person could not use the handicapped stall. Because, no, obviously uh, somebody, I'm not. Obviously I'm not looking to There's a mom preclude. and she's bursting and she needs the room right now, Mary Catherine. I figured the chances that that ha yeah. would happen mm -hmm. in the 30 minutes I was in there would be low. Oh, here's another question. Is there a guard? Is it like one of those lounges? Is it like the Lufthansa Senator's Lounge where it's like you must show anything, some sort of idea? No, you just go in. It's just a room. Okay. That's wild. I calculated that I would probably not be stopping anyone from using this room for okay. this very short period of time. Yes. And I look, there's a little log where you can say that you used the room, I think, because they want to know how often people use the room. And it was like two sure. days ago it had been used. So wow. I felt like I was in I was pretty safe. So if but if there is a mom out there who came by that nursing room and needed it during that period of time. I would like to apologize. I was, I was, I was, I was claiming my time yeah. from my past nursing. Yeah, no, you really, you really milked it for what it's worth. <laughs> okay, is this is this located like a hideaway? Is it like a hard to find place, like a George Costanza bathroom in the city? Yeah, you situation? you kind of have to know where they oh. are. There's a there's a little network of yeah. of moms on the internet who keep you abreast of such information. Ah, touche, touche. That's what happens when you do getting hammered after dark. You know, Love Field, I'm a really big fan of. It's such a pleasant airport. It's small. They have little music, uh, like a little band will play. There's a Whataburger that's right there. W is so large that by the time Gigantic. when I was there with my son, you get to your gate and it's miles away. By the time you get there, it's usually in a location where there's nothing else there or it'll be some lousy outlet. So, I mean, it's, 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 a, it's a gamble. And some of the best stuff at DFW is right when you walk in. It, you know, then you worry like, well, how far is the gate? So, you know. It's... Well, and then after that adventure where I felt refreshed. Yes. And then I <laughs> flew the rest of the way to Vegas, yeah. which is where I am now. But I don't really do Vegas. I'm just. Have I'm you been to Vegas work. before? Yes. Do you gamble? No. That's terrible. Yeah. That's but I have friends who don't gamble who love Vegas. That's like being an atheist in Rome. It's a strange it's, thing, it's a strange but it thing. happens. Uh, so I, I'm not, yeah. I'm not big on Vegas. I don't dislike it. I think the weather's usually pretty nice. Oh, weather's great. It's, and you know, uh, there's lots of things to do. This is what I always try to convince Kate, you know, about it. it's a family place now, you know, there's nice restaurants and shows, lots of shows. There's a <laughs> huge mall. There's the sphere. I'd love to I go know, to the sphere. That does look really cool. I can oh see that. Can, uh, I've, so I've it, seen that Like to the naked eye, is it really weird looking? It's like a, it's very strange looking. It's like, what? it's definitely. Like a planet has landed on earth. 
Yeah, it definitely sticks out in the skyline. You're not used to seeing that kind of That's thing. That's wild. But so I'm, here I am okay. in Vegas and probably will do nothing exciting. Yeah, okay. So aside uh, from my speech, which of course will be. That'll be great. See, that's a shame. I love to play craps. The last time I was in Vegas, I think was a year ago with Sonny Bunch. Sonny plays poker because he doesn't like to be bothered by anybody. Yes, he's and not a social. No, no, poker. I couldn't even get. I'm not allowed near the table. I had to take a picture from of him at a distance. And he doesn't. And he doesn't like talk to anybody at the table. It is like the exact reverse of craps. At craps, we're all talking to each other because we're all Constant. in it together. You got to defeat the house. It's very exciting. You're winning friends when you're rolling the dice. And in poker, it's, you know, every man for himself. So it's a much different experience. Do you get to eat on your own or is it just at the conference? Do you have any time to eat? There's so many amazing restaurants there. I don't think I'm going to have much time. That's this is a so this is a very quick adventure. And then I'm actually going to Georgia for the Georgia game. And then I'm Wow. Going. Yeah, it's You're really it's logging lot. in the miles. You're like, there was a up lot on the, the on the list. Okay. Speaking of a lot on the list, we should move on yeah, to the news because I might have a heart out here and I want to okay. I want to get to some things Works while people are if people haven't turned off the podcast due to my lack of character having used the nursing room for 30 minutes. Okay. So let's do a little bit of update on Israel and yeah, sure. sponsors and rise in anti-Semitism, which it's is a pretty, pretty bad past yeah. couple of days. Gal Gadot, who is the lovely woman who Wonderful. played Wonder Woman. Mm -hmm. She's Israeli. And she screened, former IDF, I believe. Yes, she screened at the Museum of Tolerance in LA <laughs> this week. The some forty-five minutes of I, I believe footage. It's like a documentary. It's hard of yeah. the October seventh massacre, and I'm sure it's horrific to watch. But it's one of these things where you should, you know, people are being yeah. called to bear witness to this because there are denialists. And the idea that she was playing this footage, which was of course joyfully recorded. By Hamas yeah, sick. on purpose made pro-Palestinian slash pro-Hamas protesters so mad that they started all sorts of fights at the Museum of Tolerance. The irony of ironies. Yeah. The intolerance in front of the Museum of Tolerance. There's there's something very odd and dark going on here because October 7, it doesn't sit well with them for two reasons. For the pro-Hamas side, the anti-Israel mm -hmm. side, shall we say. Uh, on the one hand, they don't want people to know how horrible the attacks were right. and, and the, the really horrific medieval nature of the brutality, if you will, and the things that you and I have read that, uh, that you, can't, you, you can't get it out of your mind. And, it, and it is, it's this really, really awful thing. But as you say, the importance to bear witness and, and the people who need to aren't, that's the other problem. Right. But the other thing is there's this level of denialism that is, you know, you might as well be talking about the Holocaust. I mean, you're just, you're just all in now, you know, yeah. and it's they, they either say it didn't happen or it's AI. Oh, oh my gosh. OK, yeah. Yeah. yeah you know, it's propaganda, Hollywood, um, Jews, the, the, the whole right, thing. Right, right. Also, Conspiracy. In, in our neighbor to the north on the 85th anniversary of Kristallnacht, there was at least one college group that advertised a protest with shards of glass like yeah on the 84th anniversary yeah. of Kristallnacht, advertising your anti-israel rally with shards of glass that's yeah. that's a real anti-semitic uh, yeah cherry and, on top and right there that and while while accusing israel of being the nazis yes so again it, it's it's just this 
it's weird. I mean, you're hearing from some of the uh, reporters who go to these protests and they talk to all of these young people who were there to stand on the side of free Palestine and the ceasefire, the whole thing from river to the sea. And a number of these people, these kids being interviewed have no idea what you're talking about when well, you're referring know to October 7th. Yeah. You know, but they're there. You know, or, or they, they know nothing about where Jews came no. from or why Israel exists or <laughs> it's all Judea, you know, no, it's all been sort of laundered yeah. through the shocking insanity of our higher ed institutions. Yeah, they really uh, have succeeded in doing that. Speaking of reporters, let's do a bit on this stringers. So it's obviously hard to have reporters in Gaza because Gaza oh, is boy. not a free place. Yeah, I know. And it doesn't right. allow reporters and photojournalists and videographers and say photographers or photographers or videographers yeah right in the same way that a free country like israel does therefore large organizations large large news organizations end up partnering with stringers of questionable quality and morals affiliations affiliations well someone noticed a couple of people had talked about this in the in the early going that hey sure did seem like the ap and cnn had some folks who were very conveniently placed yeah. while this was happening. Now, some of that can be because those people live near this area and they find mm-hmm. out something is going on and then they go cover it, right? Mm-hmm. That is a possibility. But long for a long time, people have had concerns that many of these folks are more aligned with Hamas than they right. are being journalists. Well, now there is at least one photo of a, an AP and CNN contributor photographer being in a like being kissed on the cheek yeah, in a selfie exactly. by uh, the head of Hamas in Gaza That's and the right. architect of the 107 slaughter there's also a video of a contributor photographer that looks like he's riding on a motorbike into Israel on the day of October 7th with a grenade in his hand so yeah. that would be definitely an ethical issue guys yeah. both both of those things are a problem now one would think that the press would be like, oh, my gosh, uh, let us denounce this immediately and detach ourselves from these associations. Mm-hmm. Not the New York Times. The New York Times says the accusation that anyone at the New York Times had advanced knowledge of the Hamas attacks or accompanied Hamas, ter- Hamas terrorists during the attacks is untrue and outrageous. It is reckless to make such allegations, putting our journalists on the ground in Israel and Gaza at risk. They said that basically there's nothing here, but there is yeah. something there. Uh, yeah, it's curious because, uh, uh, again, uh, CNN and the Associated Press, you know, have uh, uh, announced immediately they're severing ties. They want to they want to emphasize that as far as they know, there's no evidence that, you know, this person, Hassan Ismaila, I think his name mm-hmm. is, Eslaya, excuse me, Hassan Eslaya, that he was there before the attack and that these photos were given to us hours after. That said, we're going to sever ties with him. Yeah. So clearly they're worried. And Mr. Islaya is already very upset and saying that this is, you know, you know, he's he's being attacked and he's worried about his safety now because of, as he says, you know, there's, you know, Israeli media yeah. and such. So, well, the New York Times is not severing ties. And remember, they also had the guy working for them who tweeted in favor of Hitler several times. And yeah. they gave they gave him a talking to and uh, he still works for them as well. So and then lastly. The Washington Post spiked a uh, a political a cartoon, cartoon that criticized yeah. Hamas for using civilians as human shields because their newsroom got angry. Newsrooms have got to stop doing this. 
it yeah. is the most cowardly thing to let these employees run your coverage particularly when it's i mean it's, uh, this is art it, it right. is a it is a political the, cartoon but it's 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 echoes of tom cotton op-ed in the new yes. york times and suddenly the newsroom says that op-ed which urged you know you know the national guard or the military to stop the rioting and the burning down of all of these businesses after the george floyd riots trying to urging the military to get involved to stop the burning down of our city by the way mm -hmm. is harmful to us that was very harmful and therefore a bunch of people need to be sacked including the top editors and 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 now and now we have this problem the cartoonist is michael ramirez who i knew from the weekly standard days right. a very nice guy very serious guy extremely talented a pulitzer prize winner cartoonist as well and you know they went after the way he caricatured the terrorist, the Hamas. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's 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 a Hamas terrorist. He surrounds himself with you know innocent people and children, and says, "How dare you attack the innocent women and children?" As he's right. surrounded by them, and they're saying that the, the 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 drawing is racist. If you look at all of Michael Ramirez's, you know, the style of his his illustrations and drawings, they all look the same way. It's I mean, just you know, a cartoon. Yeah, yes. he he he's drawn Bibi Netanyahu the same way. He says, "No, you know what I mean." You name it. It's but anyway, they of course they hit the panic button. So right. there we are. They shouldn't do that. It gives it's it is a heckler's veto. That's what that is. Yeah. And it's and it's you're losing free expression as a result. Um, also, I should note that Israel, now that it is in Gaza City, is yeah. doing daily humanitarian pauses yeah. to to four, let people four hours of, a day out of corridors and to get things yeah. done to help the actual Palestinians who are not Hamas. They are able to do that now because they are in more control of this yeah. space than mm -hmm. they were before. So that's that's I, the situation now. Still 200 some hostages. And I pray for miracles every day that a lot of them. Yeah, come out uh, particularly alive. when you see there are these children and to imagine, you know, little kids or babies now for a month. Yeah, they've been held hostage for not detained the way that some of the, the, the media outlets want wanted to describe it, but they have been kidnapped and held hostage for a month is awful. And you saw also Mary Catherine Rashida Tlaib got censured. Oh, yes, that's that's right. Oh, did geez. not just by all the Republicans, but 22 Democrats. Yeah, good, you know, good for them. It, that tells me, you know, the Republicans, as you know, we'll get to this later. They have a ton of problems. The Democrats have a very serious problem here because they have in their ranks basically anti-Semites, you know, people who are issuing like like Rashida Tlaib blood libel, you know, yeah. accusing Israel of blowing up a hospital of doctors and patients and not backing down from that. So I don't know what they're going to do with that problem, because clearly, you know, in the past we've talked about and marveled about, you know, Hakeem Jeffries discipline over his caucus. But this is not good. Yeah. Speaking of that, one would think that holding that caucus together and holding that coalition together would cause enough problems for Democrats that perhaps Republicans who Oh. are leading on trust for the number one issue in the yeah. nation yeah. would have a pretty good election night this week. But that is not what happened, Vic. No. And I think we, we I don't know. I, you'll have to remind, refresh my memory, Mary Catherine. How did we play the, our, our we didn't, we, we hedged and we didn't talk about, we, uh, didn't, we didn't give any. We didn't talk about, look, here, so here's but the now thing. it can be said. I was going to predict all along they weren't going to win. I'm just going to say <laughs> it to you right now. Sorry. Okay. There's no way for well, me to prove it, but. A couple things. So obviously, Republicans lost the uh, Kentucky governor's race. Yeah. Daniel Cameron lost that to the, the Democratic incumbent, Bashir, who is a 
it must be said a pretty impressive politician because he has won there twice. Yeah, and even as attorney when... general under a Republican, enormously popular. Right, right. So uh, definitely credit to him. Yeah. And then there was the Mississippi governor's race, which Republicans won by not, <laughs> but not by very much. Yeah. And then in Virginia, which is where I was covering stuff and where I was out with Americans for Prosperity doing like watching their door knockers and and oh. and hanging out with Juan Pablo Segura, oh. who, as I noted, very, very, very tough district in that Loudoun yeah. County area that Youngkin won by 100 votes. So very uphill fight for him. He did not win. I think he lost uh, by about five, five points, maybe. Yeah. So yeah. Republicans ended up gaining one Senate seat, but not control of the Senate. Mm-hmm. And they lost control of the House of Delegates. It's still fairly close. It is. Now, it, it's it's the, the final breakdown because a lot of the press talked about the Democrats sweep mm-hmm. Virginia legislature as if this is 1994. But in fact, it's it was very narrowly divided. It's 21 Democrats and 18 Republicans in the Senate, 51 Democrats, and 48 Republicans in the House. So the ones that they had to flip, those were the hard ones. As yes. you were mentioning, Mary yes, Catherine, they were those on, ones that they, like Biden won by double digits. They were on Biden in the north, five plus yeah. win areas. Yeah, and all of the ones I believe that Biden won by eight, they won, but they didn't get quite up to the, one, sure. the Biden plus 10 no, districts. No. Now, a couple things. Virginia redistricted just recently. This is the first race yeah. with the new districts. It is a map that has mm-hmm. a blue tilt. It yep. was a hard map for Republicans. Now, it's discouraging because Yunkin is so good yeah. and he will have a lot less opportunity to do things in the next two years because of this. Thank and God for his veto power. Well, and he's term limited. So he's done after those two years. It's discouraging because hopes were high because he is such a good, competent leader and he did make yeah. a bunch of changes that were important. Now, I think those changes that I've talked about and that I wrote about doing the early voting, getting good candidates, like Doing a doing the fifteen week abortion messaging, I think that repaired damage from mm-hmm. the past, but did not quite. It basically right. fought to even, which is yeah. a an underwhelming accomplishment, but is not is not the end of the world. But yes, it is it is tough because he's such a an exemplary yes. candidate. No, uh, I, yeah, that to have his popularity not be more of a boon yeah. is a bummer. It is worth pointing out, Susanna Gibson lost. Yes. Congratulations I, to I David said, Owen. I said if Cam Girl wins, man, I'm I'm done. I know, I'm no, done. no. She she was yeah. There's a joke in there, but I'm gonna be good. I you know said what? it on Twitter. I'm I gotta say, good. between her and Jeffrey Tubin, I've realized that I, I sh- I've really been too narrow in my career focus. There were so many more opportunities for me. Yeah, no, really. It's you know how much further you could have gone. And so the tokens, further. not to mention the tokens. So, uh, yes, so she went then. Of course, there was a, a race in up in New York. It was just, oh, yeah. it's, not, it's not Westchester. It's, I think, no, but, Suffolk yeah, County. Yeah. New York, weirdly a bright spot again. It's one of the few places. Yeah, rebuilding these- Al D'Amato's Long Island Republican yeah. machine. But yeah. I think, so, look, I, again, my, my disappointment is somewhat tempered in mm-hmm. Virginia because of those facts. However, this is like a giant red blinking light once yeah. again that the fundamentals of the economy and the fact that people don't like Biden and all these things can be swamped yeah if like you don't pull it together right like, it, it so is do you how much how much how much weight do you put Mary Catherine on abortion being the problem and that 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 it's sort of 
overshadows then all yeah. of these issues that you just so mentioned, I, the economy. I think a, I think a place like Northern Virginia, it is really important because right. suburban educated moms, yeah. that that's the demo right. that is in trouble. Now, all of the ads they were running against somebody like a Segura were like, he's going to ban it forever right. in every right. way with right. no exceptions. Those ads weren't true, but yeah. they worked right. probably to some degree. Republicans in are, are in a tricky place. And I think it was legally and morally correct to yeah. overturn Roe. But that does mean that this gets decided in the states, which I think is good. Right. I mean, that was, this is what we've things. always said. And you got to vote on these things like in but, Ohio, although it can go turn yeah. badly for And it makes people, oh, that, that was another big loss yeah. for pro-lifers. But it makes people nervous and yeah. it can change the way yeah. that people think about these yeah. issues. In Virginia, I think... It was important to have something to talk about. You can't just not talk about it. Yeah. You have to have some sort of this is what I stand for or else the vacuum will be entirely filled. Yeah, they'll control the narrative if you don't um, do it. And I, I give Glenn Youngkin props for saying, OK, well, here's our position 15 weeks, which is very reasonable. And that that proposition is about a 50-50 polling in yeah. Virginia. OK, yeah, right. so it's not unpopular. It's not hugely popular, but it's not unpopular. Right. And so I think you have to have something to talk about, but you have to have really good ways to talk about it. Yeah. And you have to spend money to define your position and not get swamped by the yeah. they will ban everything ever, ever messaging. Right. And, and that didn't happen to the extent that it needed to. No, it, uh, it, give, it, give, it gives hope to Joe Biden that, you know, look, for just sure. saw, you know, despite all of the horrible numbers, and they're still talking about his horrible numbers today, and the poll numbers keep on showing very, very bad numbers in battleground states for Joe Biden. But then he go, he gets to say, look at the midterm. Everyone yeah. thought we were going to get you know swamped by the red yeah. wave. Look at this off-year election. Look what happened just there. If they can just talk about abortion all the time, that's it. Yeah. He stays. He wins. Well, and I think Democrats have become very good, and their demographics have changed a bit. So yes, that sure. their off-year voters are very reliable. Mm -hmm. And they are getting them out even though, when they're not excited. Yeah. Right. That's and right. that is a huge and very important skill mm -hmm. to have. Yeah, and right. so so that's going to that's going to cause some problems. Speaking of which, I want to go to the debate. Yeah, let's do. And can we did you hear the answers on abortion, by the way? In, uh, the debate? in part, but go okay. ahead. So I want to play a little bit from. Ron DeSantis. I'm reminded of a story about a, a young mother who was struggling in Jamaica about 40 years ago, 45 years ago. She was counseled to, to not have a baby because she was poor, wouldn't have opportunity, and she came close to have an abortion. But she decided to have the baby born poor in Jamaica. And the reason I know that story is because that baby girl ended up emigrating to the state of Florida, uh, becoming a lawyer and a judge, and I appointed her to the Florida Supreme Court in August of 2022. <laughs> We're better off when everybody counts. And then he goes on to talk about how, hey, the pro-life movement really has to figure out how to fight these referenda in a yeah. place like Ohio. Ohio. But he did a lot of that on the debate stage last night, more than he usually does, which is bringing people's stories into yeah. the points that he's making. Again, he's not usually it. his strong suit. And that's a particularly good one where you're talking about a personal experience that you have that sheds a really beautiful light on what a culture of life can look like. Nikki Haley did what she did in, in the first debate, which was say, look, we have to deal with what is possible. Right. I'm, you know, passionately pro-life. Pro she's the only but, woman on the stage. But these are the things that we can do. Right. And these are the ways we can talk about them. So we'll play a little clip of her, too. 
You know, I've said it before. I think you have to be honest with the American people. This is a personal issue for every woman and every man. I am unapologetically pro-life, not because the Republican Party tells me to be, but because my husband, Michael, was adopted and I had trouble having both of my children. So I'm surrounded by blessings. Having said that, when you look post-Roe, a wrong was made right. They took it out of the hands of unelected justices and they put it in the hands of the people. And now we're seeing states vote. And what I'll tell you is, as much as I'm pro-life, I don't judge anyone for being pro-choice and I don't want them to judge me for being pro-life. So when we're looking at this, there are some states that are going more on the pro-life side. I welcome that. There are some states that are going more on the pro-choice side. I wish that wasn't the case, but the people decided. But when it comes to the federal law, which is what's being debated here, I think she is smart in the way she speaks about this. And it is something the way that she does it does not scare women off. No. And I, I, I'm going to be very interested in the next week to see how her numbers track. For Ron DeSantis, I'll be also interested. But for him, it's, the, it's more of a worry of, you know, can he move that needle? Because, man, you look at a number of these candidates and you can't help thinking, is this the last time we're going to see them on the stage? I thought that's certainly about Chris Christie. Uh, so to me, that was yeah. the message of this of this debate, loud and clear, was yeah. Haley and DeSantis are head and shoulders above everyone else for a reason. Yes. Yeah. And everyone else needs to probably clear off. Like, yeah. Oh, so so uh, th- which brings me to our, our friend Vivek. What did you think, Mary Kath? I mean, it was quite he's something. Doing, he's doing his gadfly thing. I mean, this is. What, what's he, the point now for him? Do you think the goal is still in his mind, I'm going to win this nomination by being a real I jerk? I don't think he thinks he's going to win. I think he wants a cabinet position, I would assume, or just wow. wants to be famous in the future, which is like, you yeah. know, this okay. is a way to make money. I didn't I, realize, by the way, until until later that he had told the reporters that his strategy was to be unhinged. Oh. Is what he said. And, and it's a, but it's like, okay, well, you did it. It's like the full measure. And when he said Unhinged, the first thing that came to my mind is there's this really terrifying movie from a few years ago with Russell Crowe as a deranged road rage murderer called Unhinged. You know, and this is who you are, really? I just don't, I don't think it's effective. I think it gives Nikki Haley ample opportunity to to stuff him in a locker once again. Yeah. She's great at it. He, He brought up her daughter. He brought up her daughter, which is so dumb. Yeah. There's a way to do that where you just say, where you're just making the point that young people are in this space. Right. And if and I'm a young it's person, really important to them. And I both like TikTok. And I want to speak to mm-hmm. young people. Like, I guess you, yeah. but her daughter is irrelevant to the discussion. Yeah. And, and the way he says, you better, of, you, you should mind, you know, worry about your family first. As if the daughter is a little girl. She's no, she's actually. That, She's like 25. Right, She's married. Right, right. And Nikki Haley should not be dictating her social media presence. And if she were, everyone would call her a weirdo for doing that. Yeah. So, like, it was a totally unfair shot. I loved that both both Nikki Haley, Nikki Haley a little softer tone, but I loved Ron DeSantis' first answer, which came directly at Trump from the oh, second... Yeah. The debate started and, in fact, posed a bunch of questions to him since he's not on the stage and we can't do it live that are worth posing. So we'll play a a little bit of that. Now, if you look where we are now, it's a lot different than we were in 2016. 
And Donald Trump's a lot different guy than he was in 2016. He owes it to you to be on this stage and explain why he should get another chance. He should explain why he didn't have Mexico pay for the border wall. He should explain why he racked up so much debt. He should explain why he didn't drain the swamp. And he said Republicans were going to get tired of winning. Well, we saw last night, I'm sick of Republicans losing. In Florida, I showed how it's done. One year ago here, we want a historic victory, including a massive landslide right here in Miami-Dade County. That's how we have to do it. So I promise you this, as the nominee next November, I'll Thank get you, the Governor. job done, and as president, I will your, deliver. Your time for is you. up. Let me turn to Ambassador. I, I I worry for DeSantis because looking at him, it was like Nixon 1960. Beginning that there's a a bunch of sweat on his upper lip. I was like, oh man, he's getting he nervous. Got, I he get got it. good. He got good response in the snap good. polls, oh, and good. then there was a at least one place that did a focus group of Iowa voters, yes, who had been Trump voters before, who were not committing in the focus group to voting ah. for Trump this time. Okay. I think two of them raised their yeah. hands. So that's very interesting because I have wondered whether there would be a slow sort of degradation yeah. of his support in quality because he's not showing up for these things. Again, that could be fool's gold. That that's might not be a real thing. But, you know, I work with Americans for Prosperity and they, they knock doors, they talk to voters a lot. And they talk about how the support is softer than it has been in yeah. the past. Now, does it move? I don't know. But I think that might be some evidence that it could be softer. Right, we're I mean, like, the, the dude's ahead by 40 points. I know. So, I mean, it's like, oh, we can cut his lead down to 10. Well, guess what? If he's only, if he's only up by 10, he's still winning. Yeah. So that's a problem. And I think Iowa caucus is 50-something days away. Yeah. So I did. I, I, took, I, you know, I, I took some notes for this debate, by the way. And, and then I, I, I noted that I fell asleep and, and, and then when I, and then, and then when I woke up, I woke up to Tim Scott telling me to go to a farm. I wasn't sure what was happening. Look, and look and Tim Scott is, remains likable yeah. and. Uh, oh, he was great. And he was great but, yesterday. He was just... But he's, I think his, his style is not well suited to a crowded right. stage. Whereas right. a DeSantis and a Haley get sharper, the fewer people we have oh, on yeah. stage and you see more of sure. them. I still think Tim Scott's not shining in that place. Yeah. Chris Christie did a weird, like, nicey, nice unity thing. And I was mm -hmm. like, man, blow somebody up. Well, what are you here for? Oh, he was. The, the, he was even his hair was nicely coiffed. And, and, and at least he didn't say anything corny like, you know, Donald Trump is more like Donald, Donald Duck. Donald Duck. Ah, Honestly, I might have I taken a Donald Duck joke last night. Anyway, any, any other thoughts about the debate? No, I mean, obviously having fewer people there helps. I don't know how did you did you feel sad that Doug Burgum wasn't there? You I know? mean, it is it is what it is. You got to earn your way yeah. out of the stage, yeah. and and he did not make it. I did think yeah. it was a well moderated debate. I enjoyed a lot of the questions. My one complaint on that front was that they didn't let them respond to each other enough, and two that they didn't well get to... the, the hosts were very tough. You you have balloons now. I don't know, man. You had a party. They didn't. All right, we're on. <laughs> We're on Zoom, and for some reason, balloons came up. They didn't get to domestic issues no, and the yeah. economy until an yeah. hour in. That's right. Or, yeah, that's right. Immigration, so. for that matter. Okay. I do want to do a quick 2024 update. Oh, because sure. Because we're going to keep it. It's a lot of business today, guys. Yeah, yeah. Because Manchin is now not running Yeah. for re-election. He announced today. Oh, we can play a little clip of him making that announcement. 
After months of deliberation and long conversation with my family, I believe in my heart of hearts that I have accomplished what I set out to do for West Virginia. I have made one of the toughest decisions of my life and decided that I will not be running for re-election to the United States Senate. But what I will be doing is traveling the country and speaking out to see if there is an interest in creating a movement to mobilize the middle and bring Americans together. This is important because, look, he was not likely to win, which is why he's not running. Jim Justice, who's the popular Republican governor of West Virginia, is running with his baby dog bulldog by Mm -hmm. his side. And so he that's like almost a guaranteed pickup for Republicans in the Senate. Again, we can screw these things up for sure, but but it's almost guaranteed pickup. The other thing that's interesting is there is now a he's signaling that he wants to possibly be Mr. No Labels or something, right? Oh, sure. Right. Perhaps him and Larry Hogan. Is it Larry? He and Larry Hogan, Larry or Hogan? I think yeah. Molly Ball reports for the Wall Street Journal on a an, an, an attempt to to get Romney and oh, Manchin together. Goodness. Yes. Yeah. The committee, which is unconnected to Romney or Manchin and can't coordinate it with them, plans to raise money for three purposes, according to an advisor, to conduct polling in swing states that will demonstrate a path to victory for such a ticket, to build a campaign infrastructure for it, and to lobby delegates to no labels planned convention next March to urge them to nominate the duo. Its slogan, the advisor said, will be America back on track. Well, you know, there's a poll out that says if Manchin ran, he would probably get about 16% right now. That's not bad for somebody who hasn't declared that he's running. And he didn't, he didn't see, he didn't say outright no today. He just said that if, if you were to, if he, if he were to, he would only run and win. If he were yeah. to run, he'd win. That's it. So he's not going to do it to be a spoil sport. Well, and if it's Trump versus Biden, there will be an appetite for yeah. someone else. But the logistics of that are very, very tough. Sure. It um, usually, you usually chip just enough away for, you know, one other candidate to benefit in. It's not usually that candidate for third party. And then finally, I did want to say on the Hill, Democrats in the Judiciary Committee had been attempting to subpoena private citizens who they sort of want to intimidate into not fraternizing with Supreme Court justices, only the conservative ones, because they don't care about the liberal ones and, and what they do. So they were trying to subpoena those folks for having relationships with the Supreme Court, even though they don't have matters before the court and there's not any evidence that that's a real problem. Right. So they were going to subpoena them and it, like the left was very excited about it. And then Durbin, Dick Durbin very quickly or abruptly pulled the pulled the vote to yeah. subpoena. And I don't know if maybe that was Democratic donors being like, hey, guys, you yeah. know, they'll do this to us Could also. Goes both ways or it should go both ways. And if you want to see who is hanging out with the uh, liberal justices, then they'll do that. If, I, I thought you were going to mention the quickly the oversight Comer because he had they're they're now sending out subpoenas to Biden family members, I oh. think is including Hunter, Jim, and Haley. Really quickly, think about this for example, just really quickly, which is in in 2018 alone. Here's something that's curious. Basically, it's like a a funneling operation is what the Republicans accuse the Biden family of running. They get money right. from places like CFC China and elsewhere. Twenty shell companies comes to about $24 million. They're getting it from China, Russia, Romania. And then suddenly Joe Biden has all these loans repaid that he had given that money. They're paying him. Mm-hmm. In 2018 alone, Hunter paid off Haley, you know, his uh, former sister-in-law slash right. former girlfriend. Hallie, I believe. Hallie. Hallie? Okay, Hallie. Her credit card bill for the year, it was $525,000. Sure. Same here, girl. I was about to ask. Is it about similar? It's like, yeah. 
Not in a million years. You know, you don't, you say that now, but you're in Vegas, you know, you wait. I am in Vegas. Yeah, Steve's going to be like, what's this bill for? Okay. You have to go. I do have to go. We're, we're, I apologize okay. for the abbreviated no, episode, no. Hammerheads, but there's just a lot on my plate this week. And when I get back, we're going to do a little bit more about oversight and more censorship proof from the federal government and who it was going after during COVID and, and 2020. So I, w- I do want to do an update on that as well. Good. So we will do that. And really quickly, listener asked me, what did I think of the Beatles song Now and Then? And I just really want to say it's like the expectation after Star Wars, after many years that there's a new Star Wars movie and it's the Phantom Menace. That's basically what That's now how it felt is. to That's you. That's not what I was okay. going to say. Okay, that wraps up this episode of Getting Hammered. Remember, you can subscribe to us on iTunes, Google Play, and YouTube. Uh, you can uh, follow me on Twitter at Victory Nomadis. And Mary Catherine, if you get a chance, make sure you uh, always uh, hit on a, a, a double down on 11. Okay. Wise, wise counsel. Yeah. I'm at MK Hammer, at MK Hammer Time on Instagram. Follow the show at Getting Hammered Podcast. Uh, on YouTube and Instagram. Thank you for getting hammered responsibly. This has been a Nebulous Media Podcast. <laughs> <laughs>